come out and worship with us. If you are a guest and a, or a visitor with us for the first time, we would love to have a record of your attendance. There are some uh, visitor cards in the pews in front of you. If you would fill one of those out. And... I'm back. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Little technical difficulties, but we got it. Like okay, once again, thank you for coming out. Thank you for tuning in and uh, and uh, checking us out online. We're glad to have you this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. I have a couple announcements. It's that Christmas season around here, and uh, there's a lot going on. The first thing, because I wrote it down, I want to. Rem- Sandra would like to meet with the senior adults right after the service today, right here up front. Now, she didn't specify what makes you a senior adult, so I don't know. That's on her, not on me. Um, you know, so, so think about that. All right, and I want to remind you, we have some things coming up. Uh, December the 15th. We will not have regular Wednesday night service. We are going Christmas caroling at 6.30 in Bowling Springs. And at 5 o'clock that evening, we're going to have a soup supper in the fellowship building. So soup supper, and then we're going Christmas caroling. That's always a good time. I love Christmas. I love singing. I love sharing the gospel through the way we celebrate Jesus. So uh, I look forward to that. Uh, hear that so kids we're on the clock do we got play practice was at 5 30 so if you're going to be if you're going caroling and you're a kid and you're in the play and if your kids are not in the play play and you would like them to be hey we we got we could put you in there somewhere um sorry (laughs) but uh so remember that's coming up uh on uh december the 15th and on su- Sunday, December the 9th, we will have our Christmas play here in the sanctuary for our Sunday morning service. Well, that being said, the Saturday before, we want to have Christmas play practice, and we're going to eat and have a Christmas and a children and youth Christmas party all together after, after that's over. Uh, Sandra, what time do you want to start practice that morning? 10 o'clock. So we're going to practice at 10. That gives us plenty of time to go through it. And then when it's done, um, I will coordinate with my uh, youth and children volunteers to see what all we're going to do exactly. But uh, we are going to have our Christmas party right after that here for the youth and the children. Um, Preacher Artie's going to share something with you. Don't forget about our Christmas Eve service at 9 o'clock that night. And uh, But this morning... Before Artie comes up, I just want to invite you to turn your hearts to God. The Spirit is running wild in here today. I don't know. I can't speak for what my youth felt during Sunday school, but I felt the Spirit running wild through the youth building this morning. Something is being done here today. 
And uh, so just be will, ready and willing to open your hearts up and accept and listen to what it is that God's working on this morning. Hope you guys enjoy the service. Good morning. I do have one announcement. We have, it has been quite a while since we have had a fellowship. We've not had one in several months. Last year, we didn't get to do any of our normal Christmas things because we had several families in our church that had COVID, mine included. So we didn't get to do everything. So this year, I have checked with some of our, our charter members to see if we've done this in the past. We have never done this as a church. So after the Christmas play on the 19th, here is what we're going to do. We're going to have a fellowship. We're going to have a church-wide Christmas party. And what we want you to do is we want you to bring your favorite Christmas side dishes and desserts. We will provide the meat. We'll have ham, turkey. We'll have that for you. We want you to provide the, the side dishes and the desserts. Your favorite Christmas fare to bring and share with your church family. So that's what we're going to do on the 19th after the Christmas play. We will have a short business meeting after that. But then we will go to the fellowship hall and enjoy fellowship with each other celebrating the birth of our Savior. And everyone is invited. It don't, I don't want to hear the excuses. Everybody's got at least two excuses and they're like armpits. Most of them stink. Okay? Honestly, I don't care if you don't make anything. I want you to stay. I don't care if you're too, you feel like you're too old to help clean up. I want you to stay. I don't care if you're visiting and never been here before in your life. I want you to stay because we had two people do that for homecoming and they're still here. Right? We are going to have a great time fellowshipping as a church family and worshiping and celebrating the birth of our Savior. So that's on the 19th. Don't forget that. Now also... As we go into this time to open our service, we have several people in our church that have lost loved ones this past year. This will be their first Christmas with someone gone. Even if it's not their first Christmas, this is the time of year that we focus on family and it's very difficult for those that have lost someone, even if it's been years ago. Please pray for these families. Pray for these individuals. My heart breaks for them. We're experiencing that same thing within our own family. This will be our first Christmas without my mother-in-law. And it's going to be hard. But you know what? Jesus came to fill that void. He came to heal those hurts. 
And we need to lift these people up so that they will be filled with the spirit of Christ and with his power this holiday season so that they can too celebrate the birth of their Savior. Now please join me in prayer as we begin our time together in worship. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you raising your name on high. Dear Lord, we want to be like those angels that stood before the shepherds that night and sang your praises. That's why we are here today. Dear Lord, we're not here for people to look at us and say how holy or how righteous we are. We are here, sinners saved by grace, bowing at your throne because it is your love, dear Lord. It is your love that had you create us. It is your love that prepared a way for us to renew our relationship when our choices and our sins separated us from you. Dear Lord, it is your love that sent Christ from his throne in heaven at your right hand to be born in a barn. To walk this earth as one of us. And dear Lord, it is your love that you had him offer himself as the perfect sacrifice for us. And dear Lord, we are here today to celebrate that love. May we feel your spirit move among your people this morning. May we open our hearts and our ears to receive your blessings today. Dear Lord, may we not just repeat words that we have sung for years, but will we actually understand and sing these words from our heart today? May we not just sit and listen to a sermon but we will hear you speak to us. And may we go from this place changed because we've been in the presence of our almighty God. Bless this time that we have together. May lives be changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is in the holy and precious name of our living Savior we pray. Amen. Today is our second week of Advent, the season that we prepare our hearts for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask Joe if he would come and light our candles for us today. First, we're going to relight our first candle. It was purple and known as the candle of hope. Now today, we're going to light our second candle, the candle of love. It too is purple, the color that represents royalty. What better color to welcome Jesus as our Lord, Savior, and King of our lives. Its light is meant to remind us of the love 
that God has for us. Jesus shows us God's perfect love. Jesus is God in human form. The Bible says, and I would like for you to say this with me, in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, Amen. Let us pray. Our loving God, we do thank you for your gift of love, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, help us prepare our hearts to receive your gift. I pray that others will see this gift of love through us. May we show grace and love throughout this season. In your holy name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing verses 1 and 3, page 88, Heart the Herald Angels Sing. Heart the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the newborn King, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. do something a little bit different this morning for the children's sermon because um, we're going to go out to children's church and we're going to talk about love here shortly but I wanted to share something that happened to me yesterday and something that came to full fruition of what it meant to me actually during Sunday school this morning when we were talking about it so yesterday uh, I had a neighbor who had a house fire um, the boy, I had Jonathan and his friends were out in the woods and they came back and said, we saw some smoke and, uh, my neighbor, he burned stuff all the time, didn't think anything about it. And a few minutes later, we were getting ready to go to Pokeville and my sister called and said, there's a house fire at 116 Raymond Drive. She said, is that my, is that Billy's house? And I said, that's my neighbor. And I said, well, I don't think so. I think it's the empty house next to him. And so 
At first, I thought, well, it's been called in, so I'm not going to ride up there and uh, see what's going on. It's the house next door. It's an empty house. And so we were fixing to pull out, and I thought, well, I'm going to pull up here and see what's going on. Well, as soon as I pulled out and took off up the, up the dirt road by Mom's house, I could see that it was the fire was at my neighbor's house. And I pulled up in the yard, and the fire was right next door, right beside his house. Like he was burning something, it had caught on fire, and his house was smoking. It was fixing to, like his house was burning, but it had not come to the outside yet. It was fixing to ignite. Saw his truck sitting in the driveway, and his door was open on his truck. And all I could do at that moment of time in my life, I could get out. I got out, his gate was shut, and I'm thinking, well, he's got dogs in there, they're aggressive. I don't even know if he's in there. The house is on fire. There's all kind of stuff over here that can blow up. I'm standing in his yard yelling and screaming, trying to get somebody to see if somebody's in the house. And me, I, I didn't go. To, I, he, he was fine, but I did not go to try to beat on a window or anything because I struggled with putting my own life on the line to go to see if someone was in that house because I thought my thinking was, well, I've got family, I've got kids, I've got stuff I've got to do. I struggled with putting my own life on the line to do that. And this morning, during, during Sunday school, we were talking about prayer requests. Then it hit me. Jesus didn't struggle with putting his own life on the line for us. God sent Jesus on that, on that first Christmas to be a baby, knowing good and well that that was going to be Jesus' point. That was going to be Jesus' reason in this life, to lay his life down on a cross for hours to be risen again on the third day. And that got me to thinking how awesome and how wonderful a love like that is. And how much I struggled with, should I go and beat on the door? And I will tell you, the end of that story is the firemen got there, the fire department got there about seven minutes after I got there, and they went in the house, and he was asleep in the other corner of the house. Him and his girlfriend was asleep in the other, in the back corner of the house, away from the fire, and he woke them up, and they were fine and came out. But the point is, is that me, being human, being who I am, I was unwilling to put my life on the line on the chance that it would save somebody else's. And I've struggled with that ever since yesterday. I was talking about it, Laura, last night. You know, what was I thinking? But as we go through Christmas, I want you to remember that the baby that we're celebrating, his purpose of becoming to this earth was to lay his life down on, the cro on a cross for hours, some 33 years or so after his birth. And how amazing and how wonderful that love is. John 3.16 3, is the verse. Artie's gonna, it's part of the verses Artie's going to share with you today. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That love is eclipsed. I mean, it can't be eclipsed by anything. It eclipses all the things of this world. And I want you to remember that as we celebrate this Christmas season. And at this time, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the kids to line up at the back door for me. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for uh, my neighbor's safety yesterday in their house fire. But thank you today, God, for the love that you have for us and that Jesus had for us, that he was ready and willing to
to put his life down, not just risk his life, to give his life for ours. We love you and we praise you, God. All this we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us stand again as we sing hymn number 93, the first and last verses, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. Would you stand, please? One of my favorite things, I've always had a rule at my house, is that there's no Christmas music or Christmas movies until after Thanksgiving. Well, the last two years, I have become very lax on that rule. And uh, you can ask my kids. It drove them crazy, and they would always sneak, including my wife, would sneak Christmas movies before Thanksgiving. And... The last two years, I've been letting them watch. If they wanted to watch a Christmas movie in July, I let them watch a Christmas movie in the July. And in my truck, I have created my own playlist on Amazon Music over five hours of Christmas songs. And I have to admit, there's very few of the new remakes of Christmas songs that I enjoy. So I have gone back and I've got Perry Como, Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, um, Andy Williams, Eartha Kitt. you got to have Santa Baby in there on your playlist, you know. So I've got all the Carpenters. You know, I've got all these old songs. I even have st stuff off of Charlie Brown's Christmas um, on there on my Christmas play. You're five hours worth of songs. Okay, and it's, it's awesome. Every time I'm in my truck, I'm listening to Christmas music. 
Yesterday, Ginger and I had the opportunity to go to the YMCA and play Santa and Mrs. Claus for the children at the YMCA. And it was great. And I was able to read a book to them. And the book was not about Santa Claus. The book I read to them was about Jesus being born in the manger. And so today, I want to pull a, 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 like Hallmark does. I want to tell you about the greatest love story ever told. So if you would turn to this verse, and I think God's got a, a plan here because Sandra has quoted this verse. Chad has quoted this verse. And now we're going to read it. My text today is John 3, 16 and 17. So if you would stand, it's going to be on the screen as well as being in your bulletin. As I read God's word and what John writes here, and he quotes Jesus in these verses. And this is what Jesus has to say according to John. He says in verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through Him. Let's pray. Blessed Heavenly Father, thank You so much for the love that You've shown us. And dear Lord, may we love You in the same manner. Bless the reading of Your Word. Speak through me today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. See, everybody has their idea of what makes a good love story. But I want to point out some things that make this the greatest love story ever told. The love story that God has for us. And why Jesus was born In that manger. And the first thing that I want to point out is this. Is that every good love story has a hero. Every good love story has a hero. See look at verse 16 again. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him. Should not perish. But have eternal life. See in this love story. God is our hero. God is our hero. I find it very interesting, and I can't shake this fact. I can't shake this feeling. When I read Scripture, and it tells us that even before time began, God's plan was to have Jesus come to the earth. And I can't shake That that even before he needed to come, even while God was speaking the existence of the world into existence, when he spoke the sun and the stars and the moon in the sky, when he spoke the land 
into existence. When he spoke and created the seas. When he spoke and created all the animals. And when he spoke and took the dust of the earth and formed Adam. And then he took Adam's rib and formed Eve. Before he did any of that, he already had the plan for Jesus to be born that night in Bethlehem. And that blows my mind. And I can't wrap my head around that. And that is what makes God our hero in this love story. It's because he had the plan. Even before it was needed, he already had it planned. And then every good love story has a heart to be won. You know, there's always a love interest. You know, in the old movies, they used to call it the meat cute. Is where two separate characters somehow bump into each other and you see it in their eyes, that first meeting, and they their eyes light up, and you know that that's the hero's love interest, even before they do. But every good love story has a love interest, has a heart to be won. Look at verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. We are the hearts that need to be won. We are God's love interest. He created us to have a relationship with Him. Everything that He has done has been to win our hearts. We are being pursued by the loving hero of this story. We are the object of his affection. He will not let us go without a fight. Because the hero always fights for the love interest. We are his love interest. And then every good love story has a moment of rejection. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're watching this Hallmark movie. And there is always a point where you know that they're about to get together. They're about to realize their love for each other. And then one of them says, oh, wait, nope, I'm out of here. I'm going with so-and-so. And leaves most likely the hero of our story standing there watching their love interest walk away and go with somebody that is so very wrong to them. And it is so sickeningly obvious in the writing of it. You're like, how in the world does this character not see this? The same can be said for us. 
There comes a moment in our lives of rejection. And it is so obvious. How do we not see the fact that the very hero of our story, God, loves us so much and is desperately chasing after us? And we reject him to go after our own desires. How do we not see that? See, it says here in John 1, 9 through 11. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. See, in the garden, Adam and Eve walked and talked with God every day. He gave them everything. He only gave them one rule. One rule. Don't eat of that tree. You can eat of everything else. Anything you want in here is yours. But don't mess with this one tree. He did not create us to be robots. He did not create us with the ability not to do things against Him. He created us with the ability, the the free will, because He wanted us to choose Him. He loved us and He gave us the ability to love Him back. And He wanted us to choose Him. But because of the fact that we chose. And yes, I'm saying we because we would have done the very exact thing if we were there. And it is in our nature. We chose to reject the love of God in order to do what we wanted. Our own desires. And so because of that moment of rejection. We come to that same point where we have a choice to make. Do we accept and reciprocate the love that God is showing us? Or do we choose our own desires? Doing what we want, even though we know that it's not going to be the best thing for us. See, God's love, God wants the best thing possible for us, even if we don't want it ourselves. And it is so obvious. It is like being in one of those Hallmark movies where it is so obvious that the right choice is the hero. But there always comes a point of rejection. And then every good love story has a selfless act of love. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the one thing that Chad got wrong... Is that because Jesus Christ was 100% human? He struggled with his purpose as well. 
If you remember reading in Matthew, he's praying in the garden. He's not praying for protection. What is he praying about? He's praying, asking God to remove this cup from me. Don't make me do this. He did not want to die. But because of his love, he chose to be obedient. And he chose to go on that cross. He chose to lay his arms out. He chose to allow them to humiliate him. He chose to allow them to strip him and beat him. He chose, you know, when they would nail people to the cross, normally what they would do is they would get, they would lay them there on the cross and they would tie them and they would take a rope and tie it around one of their wrists and they would pull that that arm as far out as they could possibly get it many times, dislocating their shoulders to nail that hand to the cross. And I can just imagine, because Jesus had not resisted anything that they were doing to him during his trial and preparing him for crucifixion, that when they laid Jesus down there, he just laid both those arms out as far as they could go and didn't struggle against what they were doing. And when they tied those hands and pulled them out, he just allowed, he didn't fight against it. He allowed it to happen. And even when we were walking away from him, even when we were rejecting him, the whole purpose of Christmas is exactly what Chad said. He came to walk among us, to feel what it was like to be human, to feel what it was like to have the pain, the sorrow, to know what it felt like to be mocked. And He came. And His love made Him sacrifice. The selfless act, even when we did not deserve it. And then every good love story has a moment that love is realized. 1 John 4, 11 through 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. That same passage, John says something. He says, God is love. Now what I want you to understand about God being love is this. This is not the hearts and roses and, and warm fuzzy type of love. It is not the, the weak 
love. It's not the love where people want to do whatever they want to and say, well, God is love. That's not what this verse is saying. Go back to Romans 5.8. God demonstrates His love for us. In this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God is love because everything that He has done is because of His love for us. From creation to discipline to the plan of salvation is all because of His love for us. This is what makes Christmas the greatest love story ever told. It's because of His love that Jesus stepped down off of His throne in heaven. It's not the nice little neat birth that we see in nativity plays. Guys, you realize he was born in a barn. He was born like a homeless person. There was no room for them in the inn. So they were living and they were staying out in the barn with the animals. And that's where they had planned to spend the night when Jesus came into this world. It wasn't in a palace. His birth was not proclaimed to the kings and the rulers of the world. His birth was proclaimed to a bunch of smelly, stinky shepherds living and staying out in the fields with their sheep. It was the shepherds that went out telling everybody else about what the angels had told them. There were some people that recognized the signs. And they were doing what God had told them to do. But it's because of His love for us that made the author of creation, because John also tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God became flesh. And it sa- He says that he, crea- he was active in creation and there was nothing made that He did not have a part in. The author of creation stepped down to become one of the created and walked among us. Felt the pain as we do. And still chose. Even though he was being rejected. Still chose to be obedient unto death. So that we may have that relationship with Christ. That is what we celebrate at Christmas. And we cannot separate Christmas and Easter 
Because there would not be one without the other. We have to acknowledge the fact that this love that was demonstrated to, for us at the birth of Christ, that love was made complete in that empty tomb. And that is why it is the greatest love story ever told. Now in a crowd this size, I guarantee you this. There are some people here that have not experienced the love of Christ. They know the stories. But in many cases, you're just like I was. You've grown up hearing about Christ. You know all there is to know. But it's all up here. And you've not put it here. He is not the Lord of your life. He is not the Savior of your soul. This Christmas, please, make this Christmas about celebrating the birth of your Savior. Get to know Him in a personal way and it will totally change the way you celebrate. This is your opportunity to do that. If you've not come to know the Lord Savior as your personal Savior, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ and His gift that He gave on the cross, this is your opportunity to do that. If there's anything else that God is asking you to do, this is your opportunity to be obedient and to do exactly what God is calling you to do. As we sing this song, this is your opportunity to be obedient to Christ. Would you stand as we sing as our hymn of invitation, number 217, Oh, How I Love Jesus, 217. <laughs> you for being here today. I pray that God will be real in your hearts, that you will know the love of Christ that comes with His coming.
And also know that it's because of that love for us that we'll have Him come back to take us with Him. Don't forget that uh, this Wednesday we have our uh, regular Bible study uh, play practice at 5.30. Play practice at 5.30. Uh, choir practice immediately following the service um, Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, it is our Christmas cantata. Our worship choir will, presenting, will be presenting the cantata, His Name is Jesus. So please be here for that. Invite your friends to come and join us that day to listen to the love story of Jesus' birth. Thank you for being here. I'm going to ask Joe, or excuse me, Jim Kinder as our deacon of the week if he would come and dismiss us for a prayer. Don't forget, 19th Bible study, or excuse me, Christmas play and churchwide fellowship after the service that day. Thank you. Seniors meet up here at the front after the closing prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for the opportunity for all of us to gather here um, to worship you and uh, to give you praise. And as we go through the Advent season, um, Please have your spirit guide us, all Christians everywhere, to be reminded of the true meaning of Christmas. As we're all bombarded with commercialism and, and so forth everywhere, um, that we still remember it's all about. It's all about the humble birth of Jesus. It's fun to, uh, it's fun eating and it's fun visiting and it's fun to give and receive gifts, but that uh, it's all about it's all about the little baby Jesus being born, and uh, that's the bottom line. So as we go from here, please help us always to do Your will, and to always give You all the glory and praise for everything we have. In Jesus' name, Amen.